It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 269 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, January 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show's on Twitter as well at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Of course, Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke. And those are all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. Make sure you're also checking out the Locked On NFL shows, both for uh, Locked On Eagles and Locked On Patriots leading up to the Super Bowl. They're doing fantastic work, uh, so make sure you subscribe to those shows, check them out, and listen to all the preview you need for the big game on Sunday. Uh, around the NBA. Lots of stuff to check out as well. Locked on Clippers and Locked on Pistons are going to have all the reaction you need for the Blake Griffin trade. Uh, Pretty wild stuff, I gotta say. Uh, From a Raptors perspective, I'm not really sure it matters all that much. I think the Raptors are totally fine within the East. I think if the, like, I don't think the Pistons are any scarier than they used to be. They're very thin right now. Behind Drummond and Blake, it's not much on that roster. It's pretty bereft of talent. And uh, I don't think that should be any sort of team that people are fear-mongering for in the playoffs. Uh, the Wizards, potentially, with John Wall being hurt, maybe they fall down to the 7 or 8 seed, and that gets scary for the first round. But again, the Wizards are so incomplete. They're so uh, just sort of wishy-washy this season that I'm not too scared. Uh, the confidence from me is uh, terrifying. But I, I, again, I, I'm just not sure. Any of those Eastern Conference teams, aside from Milwaukee, who were probably going to be like the 4 or 5 seed, uh, I don't think they're all that scary. So... Uh, that's my little rant on that. You can check out Locked On Clippers and Locked On Pistons for all the reaction you need there. And I'm sure David will have something on Locked On NBA as well talking about that trade. Because it's freaking wild that trade just happened out of nowhere yesterday. Uh, and uh, while you're checking out Locked On Pistons and Locked On Clippers, make sure you're also finding Locked On Raptors on iTunes. Leaving a rating and a review helps, uh, makes us more popular, moves us at the rankings, and strokes my ego, all that good stuff. So please do that. It takes no time at all. And I would very much appreciate you uh, joining the ranks of people who have left a little rating. It doesn't take very much, and it's very lovely. Uh, and I'm forever indebted to those who have done it. 
All right, fun show today. On today's show, I'm joined by Arkell's frontman, Max Kerman, who is a really big Raptors fan and just a big basketball fan in general. We talked about sort of his origins as a fan, uh, how he came to meet Glenn Grunwald uh, through a school project where he just kind of showed a lot of balls and ended up meeting Glenn Grunwald at a game. Uh, and uh, it's a pretty cool story of sort of young fandom and all that stuff. He played in a charity game over the summer with Nick Stauskas. We talked about his playing style. Uh, we talked about how he maintains his fandom as a, as a fan overseas. You know, when he's traveling all over the place with the Arkells, who are just incredibly successful at this point. Uh, lots of good stuff with Max. He's a really great dude, and uh, also from my new hometown of Hamilton. So, uh, shouts to Hamilton, Ontario. So, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Max. I'm going to have another podcast tomorrow uh, morning. I'll probably record one after the game tonight from the ACC as the Raptors play the T-Wolves. Uh, I'll have that up in the morning, most likely. I'll write for Raptors HQ off the game as well. And you can find that tomorrow on RaptorsHQ.com, of course. Uh, LockedOnRaptors.com, our new writers are starting to turn out some content. Uh, I believe Jordan Tamiyama is going to have the recap for tonight's game against the Wolves. Uh, lots of different stuff coming up from those guys, LeBon, Jordan, and Zach, who are uh, part of the staff now, and uh, looking forward to having them churn out some stuff over the next little while here. I'll start getting stuff back on the site soon as well. Just kind of was in a writing rut this month and busy with other stuff. I will get back in the writing groove, I promise. Uh, each and every one of you that I will do that because I, I love you all and I want to give you content and I like doing it and uh, I apologize for being a lazy bastard this last month. Anyway, here's a conversation with the guy who is anything but lazy. Again, Arkell's frontman, Max Kerman. I uh, hope you enjoy the conversation and we will talk to you tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Cheers. All right, joining me now on Locked on Raptors, Arkell front man uh top three celebrity raptors fan at this point behind like drake and 12 year old kevin durant it's uh max kerman how's it going man oh that, that's pretty good i would have put a few more celebrities in front of me but i'll take number three i can't thank you i can't think of any others off the top of my head so uh i'll slot you in there and uh i'm really happy to have you on man thanks for thanks for doing this hey my pleasure thanks for having me uh, so, I don't know, I'm always fascinated by fan origin stories, and with the Raptors it's interesting because there's, I don't know, there's a huge gap in the mid-2000s where I can't imagine they were like roping in a whole lot of new fans, so there kind of is at this point like two kind of sweet spots where it's like the Vince Carter days if you were sort of an aware fan at that time, and then this recent sort of We the North era uh, where people kind of get you know latched onto the team. And I'm guessing you're a Vince Carter era guy. Like, can you take me back to maybe your first moment where you knew you were a Raptors fan? Like the first kind of hook that sunk into you? Yeah, well, it actually starts before that because um, I was would have been nine in 1995, okay. and a uh, big sports fan. My dad is a big sports fan. I grew up playing. A lot of baseball, a lot of basketball. So when uh, Damon Stoudemire was drafted by the Raptors and Isaiah Thomas was part of the team, it was a really big deal for me. And I had a Damon Stoudemire jersey. We went down to the Sky Dome to watch games. Like those early teams, you know, I still remember a lot of the guys, you know, John Sally, Alvin Robertson, uh, Tracy Murray. I remember actually one time going down to HMV on Young Street, and for some reason they were hosting a Tracy Murray. Uh, autograph signing and I went, to, went to that um, so I love Mighty Mouse you know I thought he was such a special player and I remember you know reading the Toronto Star as a nine-year-old and, and checking the rookie to rookie uh, matchup between him and Jerry Stackhouse uh, to see who who was going to win the rookie of the year right. so I was right. really, really obsessed from an early age then of course when Vince was drafted it got to another level and um I was really lucky. My dad signed me up for the Vince Carter basketball camp, which was held around the corner at the U of T campus. And Vince showed up on the last day. 
And, uh, you know, my first email address was Vince underscore Kerman at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, I've loved, um, loved watching the Raptors and I played in elementary school. I went to, uh, I played basketball in high school too. Our team wasn't particularly good, but it gave me a lot of playing time, which I was thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed uh you mentioned damon stoudemire and i actually wrote about the uh the stoudemire trade a little bit like a month or two ago and how the raptors just totally got fleeced in that deal you know they gave up Walt williams who was one of the more popular players at the time kenny anderson didn't even come uh to toronto after that took place uh and then daryl walker just quit on the spot do you, yeah. like, I, I imagine, so 95, you're 9, I guess you're like 11, 12 when that deal happens. Uh, I think that's probably comparable to, I was like 12 or 13 when the Vince Carter trade happened, and I remember that being just like a flooring, terrible moment for me. Was that kind of the same for you? Like, how do you recall what like what your reaction to the Damon trade was? I remember being very sad, but I think I also understood, that I, I, why did it happen? I forget why. Like, did he just want out of Toronto? Is that basically what it was? He was going to be a free agent. He wasn't happy with, like, the direction of the team. He was pissed off that Isaiah Thomas was gone, and it didn't seem like he was a free agent, so they didn't really think he was going to come back. Um, Sure. So I remember thinking that I was happy that he was going home to Portland Mm because I I read a lot about Damon Stoudemire and his, like, upbringing and all that stuff. So I remember being stoked for him. And then, you know, those Portland teams did really well in the early 90s, uh, sorry, in the late 90s and early 2000s. So I remember really liking watching those teams. I know they turned into the Jailblazers eventually, but uh, the first few years, you know, when Pippen was on the team, and uh, those Trailblazers teams were really ex- exciting to watch. But uh, I'm sure I was devastated also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should uh, read. There's a piece that came out like last week, uh, written by Corbin Smith in uh, Willamette Week. It's like a weekly paper out in Washington. Uh, it's like about the Reefer Madness Jailblazers. You should check it out. It's really great. Cool. Damon's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, I have some intel from Arkell's bassist Nick Dyka that when you were younger you did a school project about Glenn Grunwald and somehow parlayed that into like a meet and greet with him. Can you tell me how this all came together? Yeah, so I had to do a project on somebody um, in my community that I looked up to okay. or had an interesting job. I would have been like, I would have been 99 probably, 98, 99, so I would have been 12. And um, I just called the the Raptors front office and their, their number must have been in the phone book because I don't know how else I would have found it and I just the secretary answered and I said can I please speak to Mr. Grunwald and then they just connected me right through <laughs> uh, and I explained what I need to do and he said okay let's set up a time and I ended up calling him on the road he, I think he was on the road with, uh, with the team in Charlotte okay. I want to say and I had like a 15 minute interview with him and then we arranged, I think, with my dad to go down to the ACC. It was just brand new at the time because um, my dad had got tickets for my birthday. And we were able to uh, see the dressing room and go to the practice court and um, and just hang out with Glenn Ronald. And so it was such a cool experience. I have photos, and I could send you one, actually, um, of me wearing my Vince Carter jersey and, and hanging out with Glenn Grunwald. But <laughs> you know, looking back... Um, 
that sort of gall as a 12-year-old just to pick up the phone and call the general manager of the Toronto Raptors, I think has helped the band. Because you have to be kind of a fearless idiot to be in a rock and roll band. <laughs> just anything's going to go well because the chances of success in this business is pretty small. So I think my uh, my attitude that everything will work out uh, has, has generally served us well. And, and it got me the interview with Ben Grunwald. To any 12-year-old listening to the podcast right now, I'm not sure you can get Masai on the horn that easily nowadays. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Masai is a great dude. Maybe he is that open, but that's uh, that's incredible. And I guess it's cool now that Glenn Grunwald is the uh, AD at McMaster now too. Like you're the hometown that you guys have adopted. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's cool. We've been in touch since, and actually, um, not to get off track, but yeah. we've, we've sort of become pals with Ron Foxcroft, the, the Fox Forty whistle man, okay. and uh, he and Glenn Grunwald are like neighbors and best pals. So. Um, so we've had to, it's all kind of come full circle. Oh, awesome. Um, I want to ask you just kind of how, how you maintain your fandom because obviously you guys are intensely successful now and you guys tour overseas or all over the place. How do you sort of keep up with the Raptors? I know you did a podcast last year uh, with Mike on Much, uh, with Zach Lowe. Is it just sort of like reading stuff from him and others? Is it podcasts? Is it League Pass? Although League Pass is a horrible product. Like, uh, how, how do you sort of stay connected when you're on the road so much? Oh, it's really not hard, you know, with um, with technology these days and Twitter to stay really connected no matter where you are. And the nature of the bands of my job is is I just get to think about, you know, the next move, whether that's musically or the next tour or the next poster. And I love sort of living in the world of Arkells all day, every day. But my release from that is basketball. So actually, this weekend I went to. Uh, we've been home recording actually right now, so we're off the road. Um, but I went to the Raptors game. They lost to Utah. It was very annoying on Friday. And then I went to also went to the game on Sunday uh, against the Lakers, and they won. It was great. But uh, it's really like one of my favorite things to do to take my mind off the job of being in a band. Right. So I, I go to the NBA Reddit page every day. That is my um, my go to like morning newspaper basically at this point. <laughs> and on Twitter. I follow a lot of like the beat writers and a lot of the national guys, uh, so I'm always sort of up to date with what's going on in the league. I, on Instagram, I follow like a bunch of the teams and players and and like uh, you know the House of Highlights, like that kind of stuff. Right. And right. Um, and I also listen to a lot of podcasts. So I, I love the um, the Zach Lowe podcast and I listen to Simmons. The Woj podcast is sometimes good. So I'm sort of like just uh, you know pretty immersed and, and I'll say the other thing is I have a message group with a bunch of friends who are equally into basketball called watch me nanny that's their uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's our the name we and we just kind of send around uh, NBA gossip that we pulled from uh, the NBA Reddit page so, I, so I'm pretty locked in for the most part so you're not just a Raptors guy then you're kind of following the whole league Oh yeah, no. I mean, I love, the Raptors are my team, but I just love the the storyline. Actually, just I, we're in the studio right now, and I was showing the guys um, the, the Blake Griffin uh, gif that he, or gift that he posted last night when they found out he got traded with him, <laughs> him and the Will Smith thing. And I, and I posted on my own Twitter. I'm like, the NBA is the best league. Oh, it rules. League. Extremely yeah. hard. Uh, yeah. So you must have experiences with League Pass, and I, like League Pass is bad, and it it, it craps out all the time. Uh, as a traveling fan, you must have some of the most sort of uh, 
maybe thoughtful suggestions on how to improve the product? Like, what would you add to League Pass to make your experience as a fan who's often on the road a little more seamless? You know what? To be honest, I don't have League Pass. I have oh. uh, a very expensive cable package from actually from Bell. Okay, I pay a lot of money, but that doesn't necessarily help when I'm on the road. Uh, so you know what? I don't have any good suggestions at the moment. Uh, I find it kind of. I don't like watching on my iPhone. I don't have an iPad. I guess I can watch on my computer when I'm on the road. I just find the the, the main problem is we often are um, playing or getting ready for a show. Yeah. Um, it's hard to kind of pop. If we have a night off though. I'll usually find like a sports bar. That that I'm good at yelping sports bars <laughs> in random <laughs> cities. I'm like, what's a hipster sports bar that uh, I could find in Cleveland or wherever? Do you have any uh, experiences of seeing games on the road, like a standout one, like city that you like play, being at the most, arena that's awesome, certain game that you saw on the road? Like, do you check out games when you're out on the road when you have off days? Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, uh, we've been to a lot of baseball stadiums actually. Right. We probably uh, over half of them. But um, recently, we went to we had a day off in Cleveland and we saw. Uh, the Bucks at Cavs and Janice scored forty, and it was nice. like a. And, but the Cavs still won. And that was an awesome game. We've been to a bunch of games at Staples. Was, I, I was actually there a couple weeks ago, not with the band, but with my dad actually, and we went to um, uh, Staples to see the Clippers and Hawks, and it ended up being like a game one at the buzzer. It was sweet. Um, I, we've been to um, I went to Pauley Pavilion to see a UCLA Bruins game. Sweet. Been to Barclays. Uh, what else? Been, we've been to a bunch of. We actually, for my birthday, my friends took me on a surprise trip down to the Little Caesars Arena, which I highly recommend in Detroit. It's a beautiful new facility. I've uh, been to a Bulls game. I mean, we've been to a lot, a lot of stadiums. Actually, though, I'll, I'll tell you the one story that, that sticks out the most is the band was finishing up recording High Noon in 2013, I guess it would have been, mm-hmm. and the band flew home because we were in LA. But someone needed to drive the the band van home with all of our gear. Right. So we recruited a couple friends to do kind of a cross country road trip, and we ended up being in Lawrence, Kansas, the night of Andrew Wiggins' home opener um, mm. for his like his debut with the Kansas Jayhawks, and so we needed to find a way into the building. So I'm friends with Stephen Brunt, uh, who's you know a very acclaimed sports writer. Uh, used to be with Globe Mail, Sportsnet now, and um, I asked, I said, could I write a like guest like bullshit celebrity blog for Sportsnet? <laughs> uh, and, and could you like look into it? And because there it was like um, you know early in the season, like the, the big teams play against crappy schools that no one's heard of, mm-hmm. so they're playing like. Louisiana Monroe, some school that they weren't going to send a reporter down. So the, I guess sports that needed a guy. So I got press passes and sat courtside for Wiggins' first game. And you can find the column somewhere online. I just uh, pulled it up right here. I will include yeah. the link in the post. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I would. Uh, I, I haven't read it since I wrote it, so I, I, I'd probably cringe most most of it. So I wouldn't necessarily be proud of it. But <laughs> as as a as a crafty way to get into the arena. Uh, I pulled it off. <laughs> what did Wiggins do that night? Sorry, was, he, was Wiggins impressive that night? I can't. I, yeah, Wiggins. I, can't I think he was like. I don't quote me on this, but I think he scored like twelve or fifteen points. Okay. And he kind of had a Wiggins esque game. It was maybe a sign of things to come, where he, <laughs> where he hit moments of brilliance, but kind of faded into the background at times. Um, yeah, it was kind of a standard Wiggins performance. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? 
Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Fair enough. Uh, a couple more for you. You played over the summer, speaking of Canadian basketball players, you played in a celebrity game, uh, the Kiss IPF Goodbye charity game with Nick Stauskas over the summer. Uh, and I have to ask you, what is your, your playing style? What's like your NBA player comp? And like I say NBA player comp, like what NBA player are you like a dollar store version of? Because no one is actually, uh, has anything close to resembling an NBA player's game. But like, what, what's your style? Are you a good team player? Are you a gunner? Uh, sure. How do you fit into a team? I've had this conversation before, and I had a good one a couple weeks ago with my friend, uh, who's basically I'm kind of um, I'm sort of like a shoot first sort of point guard. Okay, I'm, I'm fine at passing, <laughs> but I don't rebound much. I, I'm okay on defense if I want to try, uh, but I, I have pretty good court sense, I think, and my handle's all right, and on the on the right day, I can be a good shooter. But I have the confidence of a lead singer, if that if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, it's funny though. It's like that game was really fun um, because you know you got to play with you know professional athletes. But I play on like a Monday night run with a bunch of old dudes in Hamilton, Ontario, and you feel fast because you're the young guy on the court. <laughs> but uh, we were playing against these guys who all a bunch of them had played again like college ball. And just they're so fast and so athletic, and you really feel slow and inadequate. I think I think I scored a few points, and I, I had one move where I uh, kind of crossed the dude over, and some people in the arena went "Whoa!" like one of those things. <laughs> uh, but it was a pretty underwhelming performance. But okay, so but to answer your question, my player comp. Oh, you know who? I think I compare myself to Mello. <laughs> Like lazy oh, mellow. Okay, lazy <laughs> like, mellow. I, on the right night, I can I can like put up a, a good stat line, but also I'm not, and I can sometimes rebound or play defense if I'm really trying. But you're not going to get that out of me night to night. And that that's basically mellow. Like mellow's like offensively gifted, but like doesn't shoot like a totally high percentage, and he and he holds onto the ball a little too long. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, uh. Tools to be okay, but like, does it totally um, fulfill his potential? Well, I found a, a, a potential Raptors comp. Uh, just the way you described your game, like maybe like 2009-10 Jarrett Jack, where he was actually kind of <laughs> good. There was confidence there. Uh, he had like a few games where he'd ring it up. He had no issue shooting. He shot like 41 percent from three. Yeah, <laughs> Jarrett Jack. I feel like. You know, I'm almost six one, so when I play against like a normal like a normal person, I'm like slightly bigger than average. Jared Jack strikes me as a slightly smaller, kind of feisty kind of guy. Okay. But okay. uh yeah, there's a bunch of media mediocre raptors that you could compare me to like over the years, like Danielle Marshall <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> hey, don't besmirch the good name of Danielle Marshall on this hey, podcast. He had the team record for points in a game, wasn't it? Did he have like forty seven or something? You had the team record for well you had the NBA record for threes in a game. That's yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I wrote about that recently as well because it's incredible. He also led the team in win shares that season. Which Did is, he? Yeah, wow. it was like it's like the sixth or seventh best season in Raptors history by win shares. <laughs> and he played he played sixty eight games. It got traded there mid season. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite the year from Danielle. Then he got moved to the bench the next season, and it didn't make any sense. Uh, last one for you here. I have like a. I'm wondering if you think this theory jives at all. I think within a band, you can kind of predict what sport the the band member will like based on what you know part of the band what what their job in the band is like Nick uh, Nick Dyka you people who don't know he he writes about baseball for Baseball Prospectus Toronto uh, he's mostly just a baseball fan and pretty much baseball only like the other sports are kind of not really existent to him compared to baseball uh, it sounds like you basketball is sort of your number one here and I think that makes sense it's the most front facing sport and league and it's the most front facing job in a band. Um, I don't know. Is like Anthony the keyboard player? Is he like? Does he like the intricacies of like NFL play design? Is he an NFL fan? Is like Tim the drummer like an MMA fan or something? Like, do you think there's any sort of correlation between job within a band and sport that the person will like? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say that um, it's an interesting theory. <laughs> I think it depends a little bit also, like um, what their upbringing is right. a little bit too so uh tim is a drummer and drummers are weird right that, that's a well-known <laughs> fact and also hockey goalies are weird right and tim was the hockey goalie so those two things really uh, okay. go hand in hand uh, mike mike and tony are a little italian guys so you think they'd be into soccer but you know what they're more into uh like tennis both those guys like tennis um so I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think I think that at times there is a correlation. You know, like basketball is the most expressive sport. You know, mm-hmm. you can see their faces. It's like there's so much personal flair, and I think that makes sense for a front guy. Yeah, I never said it was like a, a hard and fast proven theory. It's just something I'm working on. Um. <laughs> that's like a you know a master's thesis or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I hope no one ever has to write that, but if they do, they can credit me <laughs> and, and you with this podcast. Uh, Max, man, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're crazy busy recording and everything, but I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk. Uh, do you have anything that people should know about on the horizon? Uh, well, last thing I'll just tell you is yeah. I had a, an interesting basketball-related night last night. I snuck out of the studio early because Ron Foxcroft invited me to a dinner where Bill Walton was speaking. It was a fundraiser in Hamilton. And Bill Walton flew in just for the gig. And he, he riffed for like 40 minutes. And Bill Walton is a force of nature. And if you ever ch- have a chance to see him in person or meet him or hear him speak, it was an odyssey. And he's he's got so much life. And he's such an interesting character. You know, his basketball career is one thing, but he's also a huge music fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty politically active it seems he's not your typical jock and uh so anyway i saw him last night and it was very cool is that the joe carter dinner yeah okay. yeah joe carter was there too and that was a thrill and joe talked all about um you know the 92 93 world series as he would and um it was cool and the, and, and the coolest thing about sitting with ron is that he works for the nba uh with uh nba officials right. and he evaluates their performances and so I got to I asked him about the dirt on basically every single player and coach 
in the league, and it was like the best time of my life. I'm like, what's uh, Blake Griffin like to officiate? <laughs> or, what was Kobe like? What's MJ's reputation? I just went through basically every single guy and every single coach, and it was so fun. Uh, Max, man, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. Again, is there anything that people should be on the lookout from the Arkells in the next little while here? Yeah, we're, we're going to be, um, you know, we're announcing some stuff. You know, we're, we're, we're in the studio right now, but we're, gonna be, 2018 is going to be fun. We're going to do a bunch of things. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll give a shout out. I, I produce and co-host a, a pop culture podcast. With a couple friends for Bell Media, actually, um, it's called the Mike on Much Podcast. I do it with a couple of pals. It's kind of long form interviews with people from the world of music and television. And uh, check it out because I have a great time doing that on the side. Max, thanks again, man. Everyone, make sure you check out Mike on Much and stay tuned for what our Kells have cooking this year. And uh, hopefully, we can do this again, man. Yeah, I had a really fun time. This was a refreshing interview from the normal thing I have to do normally. So. <laughs> Next time we'll talk all about the the, the music and, uh, and and I'll ask you all the questions you've been asking a million times before. <laughs> Take care, man. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.